You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to the Go247 podcast. I'm uh, Glenn West, uh, senior writer here at the site. Um, it's game week. We got we got a game this week to play, Dylan. Um, uh, we're, we're super excited, obviously, to get the, the, the season started. And uh, obviously, we just got back from uh, watching uh, Coach Kelly, who you know, met with the media for his 30 minutes on Monday. Uh, just a couple of things we want to run down uh, in this podcast for you guys. We'll have another one up later in the week as well. But Kind of before we get started, we'd obviously like to remind you guys just to throw a like button on the video. Certainly hit us up on uh, on Spotify and on Apple and uh, make sure you guys are, are tuning in on, you know, wherever you guys get your podcasts. So I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way first. But uh, Dylan, how's it going, man? Good to see you. It's going great. Uh, football is football's officially back. I, st- I stayed up until 2 a.m. to watch Vanderbilt beat Trounce Hawaii uh, 63 to 10. Uh, you know, that's my favorite part of college football, just like the nonsense games that I'm watching on, on weekends. But we have an LSU game to look forward to, and it's a standalone game. The entire country is going to be tuned in, uh, which is kind of nervous for like a first game. Like you, you kind of don't want everyone to be watching your first game with a new regime. But LSU is going to be the talking point of the night um, because that is the only FBS game on Sunday, which is awesome. Yeah, no, that's, it's going to be a lot of fun, and you know, certainly sounds like Vanderbilt's on its way up. You know, six degrees and trouncing of Hawaii. Uh, all right, well, well, we'll get right into it. Um, I, uh, Brian Kelly met with us for about thirty minutes um, you know, on Monday, and we went through a lot of stuff. But the, one of the very first questions was about the quarterbacks, and we won't we won't keep you guys in suspense on that. You know, he has made a decision, and he will not be releasing it to the public. So. <laughs> That's uh, kind of the the big takeaway with the quarterbacks. There's a lot of stuff behind that, which we'll get into. Um, but I think probably the biggest takeaway for me was just, um, you know, this is a quarterback battle that really seems like it's 1A, 1B. I mean, he reiterated that today with us, um, talked about how much he loves Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer as quarterbacks and thinks that both will be able to help them at some point this year. Um but at the same point, he kind of made it uh, you know, an effort to tell us that it's a tactical advantage. You know, Florida State had a game this last weekend, um, and LSU did not. And so Florida State had a chance to kind of look at what it needs to do, albeit against a team like Duquesne that you, know, you probably should beat and handle like they did. Um, but it was important for them, I'm assuming, to, to really get some of that gameplay out there, get some of those first game jitters out. And that's really a, a good first game for them. Uh, to kind of work on what they need to work on. And, you know, I think for LSU, they kind of see it as an advantage to have not had to play in that week, that first week game. And they get to hold their cards a little closer to the vest here with some of these bigger decisions. And so um, that's what kind of Kelly told us was like the, the tactical advantage that it gives them uh, not really announcing a quarterback until game day. But just what were your overall thoughts about, you know, Kelly today and just the the press conference and, you know, the quarterback, you know, battle as a, as a whole? Um, well, obviously, uh, personally, selfishly, I just want this to be over. I want to know the quarterback. I want it to be named, but it does make sense, um, to gain as much of an advantage as possible, um, by not naming, because now even if Florida state has a good sense of who LSU is going to play, they cannot go, they cannot focus fully in on one quarterback. 
And while they have both have similar styles of play, uh, each one has a strength that the other one doesn't. Uh, so you do have to, to change up how you prepare for each quarterback. Um, so I think this is probably what should have been expected, but selfishly, I wanted, I wanted a quarterback just, just to end this, uh, because I hate, we, you know, Louisiana f- football fans have been uh, coaching searches, uh, on every kind of sports n- position battles and every kind of position. I just, I, I'm tired of it. I want some consistency. Um, but, uh, we, we don't know that yet and that's fine. Uh, we'll get the quarterback early, assuming like right before kickoff, or we might have to wait until just to see who takes the field first. Yeah. Um, and as we've, as we've spoken, whoever takes the field first against Florida state might not be the starter completely. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I get it. I get why they would do it. Um, but yeah, we just have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think another thing that he mentioned today was he woke up, you know, really two days ago and he just he knew who it was. I mean, this was how tight this battle has been all fall uh, that he didn't really have a, a strong sense of who it was going to be until literally 48 hours ago. And so, um, you know, the team knows they're going to start preparing like they 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 have their quarterback for this week. Um but, you know, the other thing he really kind of mentioned was just the, the play styles of Nussmeyer and Daniels and how, you know, I think probably from a media perspective and from a fan perspective, we spent a lot of the offseason talking about how different this offense could look with either guy behind center. And you know, I, I get the sense that LSU feels like they can have a pretty similar offensive scheme with these two guys, you know, that they think they both have the mobility. They're both able to scramble and make plays. Um and they both improved their accuracy. I think Jaden Daniels really showed us throughout this fall how accurate of a quarterback he can be. Uh, Nussmeyer has certainly improved a lot in that area and just kind of the understanding of what it takes to be a college quarterback. I think that that really clicked for him um, during, back in the spring, and you've seen that momentum carry on into the into the fall. And this is a situation where I expect both of these guys to play. Like you mentioned, like these guys, you know, the starter against Florida State – very well could not be the starter against Texas A&M in the last game of the season. And so uh, I do think that there's going to be some, you know, back and forth this year. Um, he made it sound like it's it's a really still going to be a tight thing where, you know, these guys are going to have to – whoever's not the starter is going to be right on the tail. And so I think that's going to be – that could be looked at as a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I think obviously a guy looking over his, his shoulder the whole season might not be kind of the trajectory that they want, um, but that's how close that this thing is. And I think that's – uh, whether it's Daniels or Nussmeyer, you're going to see both of these guys have to prove it week in and week out for them to to carry on and be the next week's starter. Yeah, I I am just I'm just ready. But moving <laughs> moving on to like the I'm just ready. Yeah, uh, moving on to the the press conferences as a whole. I don't know if you've thought this. I know it's a it's a common sentiment, but uh, I've really enjoyed. Uh, the openness of Ryan Kelly mm-hmm. going into a lot of a lot more deep detail uh, than they've uh, than they've had to, and just having uh, like real answers to go and and delve deep into that that like uh, meaty meaty subjects to talk about, like instead of just surface level press conference talk. Yeah, I, I agree. And one of the one of the things he went into really great detail today was kind of the the game week rundown for LSU and kind of what that looks like. And 
um, you know, we'll, we'll probably have something up on it, and, you know, in the next couple of days or so. But, you know, really find it interesting that they kind of give like today is an off day uh, for LSU. There's, there's, they're not really doing a whole lot today. They won't start getting into their prep really until tomorrow. Um, now, obviously, with them playing on Sunday, I think that has a little bit of something to do with it. Um, but the, 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 really the game week, all the, the game plan all week is to make sure these guys are physically ready to play on Saturday. And so their big days, um, during a normal game week will probably be, uh, on, on Wednesday and on Thursday is what it sounds like. Those are going to be kind of the two big practices that they have in terms of preparation. Um, you know, that all gets pushed back today because LSU's playing on Sunday this week, but, um, you know, and then really the, the big thing that I thought was really interesting was, you know, Coach Kelly likes to, to work out his team on game days. You know, when there's a game at night, he wants to get the guys out of the hotel room, into a workout setting, get some blood flowing a little bit, which I think is a really good idea. Um, something else you obviously hadn't done a whole lot of, I don't think, in past years. But, you know, getting guys on the field, get, breaking a sweat, get them back to the hotel room, get some food in them, and then bring them back out to the game. I think that's just a really smart way of getting your team ready, getting guys juices flowing and really prepared for a game. So that was probably one of the bigger, I guess, talking points that he talked that he went through today. And, um, you know, what, 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 were, what were some of the big things you, you kind of took away from, from, pre, from Brian's uh, press conference today? Yeah, I think one of the other big things is the availability, uh, the availability of Malik neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about health being uh, at, an, at an all-time high at this point, a lot uh, to the point where Brian Kelly reminded people to knock on, <laughs> knock on wood because there's still a, a week left. Uh, but uh, Malik neighbors, he wasn't able to practice on Saturday. Obviously, a little bit of, of an alarm raiser because of how good his fall has been. You want to have him available from week one, and it sounds like that will be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think so. They, they they talked about getting him involved early in, in you know in drills uh, early this week, and he'll be a, a full participant in practice by week's end. So they uh, they called it a little ankle sprain. They said it's not much to worry about, and that he'll be out there. And um, you know, I, I I asked him about the receiver room as a whole. Um, he he said they could play as many as seven or eight guys on Sunday, which is just uh, an astronomical number to think about in terms of receivers. I mean that depth. Mm-hmm is going to be really crazy to watch unfold all offseason. Um, you got Jack Besh now, who's really looking good in the last couple of practices that we've seen, moving well. Um, he, he's, he's certainly come back from that little injury ham, hampered that uh, got him out the first couple of weeks of fall camp. But he seems to be on the mend. Uh, sounds like LSU has an offensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little different than, than, than what we were used to the first few weeks, but it had been kind of a consistent lineup the last week or so. You're going to have uh, you know, Cam Wire at right tackle, uh, Miles Frazier at right guard, Garen Dellinger at center. Uh, oh, wait, no, Bradford's going to be at right guard. Garrett Dellinger's at center. Um, left guard's going to be Miles Frazier, and left tackle's going to be Will Campbell. And they'll mix in Traymond Shorts, I'm sure, uh, on Sunday. They'll mix in probably Charles Turner, um, another another tackle or two. Um, but that's going to be kind of your, your framework, I think, for the offensive line. Um, that was really interesting, I think, to hear. Um but yeah, I mean, I think probably the the the, the biggest thing is is you know, this quarterback, man. We're 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 getting we're gonna find out eventually, and you know, you can't hold us off forever. But um, you know, it sounds like this is certainly going to be a game day decision, and um, you know, we'll 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 certainly keep you guys posted as the as the week moves along. 
We do have one more opportunity to talk to Brian Kelly before the game, and that's after practice on Thursday. Maybe he changes his mind. Maybe maybe then he'll give it to us. But probably not. Probably we'll probably have to wait till game day. Maybe he'll give it to the fans at TJ Ribs on Thursday night, right after he <laughs> talks with the media. Who knows? Um, but okay, all right. So uh, that was the first part of what we wanted to run down today. Second part, obviously, is the the Florida State game. We got an early look at Florida State over the weekend. They, they took out Duquesne 47-7. Certainly looked like a run game. It's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but, uh, Dylan, you, you watched this game closely. You wrote about it this morning. Just what are some of your big bullet points, I guess, to know about this Florida State team? Uh, well, an offense – so Mike Norville is still the play caller um, over there, but they did – uh, promote Alex Atkins, who has a very interesting past uh, in terms of in terms of offense because he learned from Willie Fritz over there in Tulane. Um, and something that I think if you watch the game, you notice immediately is how much they use H-backs in that offense um, as opposed to just your typical tight end lineup. Uh, so you'll have three or four technically running backs uh, on a lot of plays, which is insane. They like to uh, to line the running backs up behind the uh, quarterback to try and hide which direction they're going. Uh, and, and they'll have that H back uh, crossing over a lot. It's introducing the two way V4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's, it's going to be a, a lot of guessing and a lot of options uh, as opposed to where the play could go on every down. So LSU is going to have to play smart. Uh, they can't bite into any fakes or anything like that and uh, just be aware of where those option lanes are going to be. Um, it, it certainly seems like with Atkins, uh, the promotion of Atkins, they're going to have a running game that sets up their passing game as opposed to the other way around. Um, that that running game is going to be fierce. I mean, they ran for 400 yards um, against Duquesne, but I don't expect, or if LSU has 34 missed tackles like Duquesne did, I think it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot bigger worries to worry about this season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think probably the, the biggest takeaway I saw, I watched most of that game on Saturday as well. Um, outside of the running backs, which by the way, three of those guys ran for over a hundred yards um, wouldn't wouldn't expect that to happen against this LSU front seven, but uh, you, you can never officially count everything anything out. But I think probably the biggest advantage LSU might have is with their front four. I think one of the big things that we saw on Saturday was this is a Florida State offensive line that's a little banged up right now. I mean, they went through a couple of centers. Um, I think there's some injuries that we're going to be keeping a close eye on throughout the week. Uh, with that offensive line. Um, but there were times during that game where Duquesne was able to get some pressure, get some get some pushback on that offensive line. And if a team like that's able to do that, even in short spurts, I, I do think that lends you to believe LSU's got a good opportunity here with B.J. Ojolari, with Ali Gay, with Mason Smith, with Jacqueline Roy, Makai Wingo. 
I think LSU is going to be able to get some pressure on, on Florida State this week. I think that's going to be a huge part of their game plan, and it has to be, uh, especially with a, a quarterback like, um, like, like Jordan Travis, who can be mobile, who can scramble a little bit and extend plays. You want to get uh, as much pressure on this team as possible, and I think that is certainly going to be a, an avenue for LSU to really try to capitalize on defensively. Um, to, what, what do you think about their offensive line? And uh, did you get a, a really good look at what, what they were able to do uh, over the last year or two? Um, their offensive line, I think, is one of the biggest question marks on their team, not only in terms of the talent level, but also who's going to be available because they have had a ton of injuries across, uh, along their offensive line, mainly in that interior um, at one point, yeah, at one point against Duquesne, they were on their fourth string center. Uh, if that does just should give you an idea of, of where they're at. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a question that they, I know PFF graded the, their offensive line poorly against Duquesne and you kind of saw it. They were, Duquesne got into the backfield a lot. Um, of course it was a terrible job of tackling as, as we've uh, they did force 34 missed tackles or 36 in the mid thirties of missed tackles, which is unacceptable football. But, um, but yeah, they were in the, they, they got penetration. They got past the offensive line, uh, quite a bit. And you, you just think with LSU's talent of the, of the front seven and with Matt house's, uh, background that. These the defensive line should have a good day. Uh, it, it should not be it should not be an issue. And I think if you're able to force Jordan Travis to win the game with his arm, you're putting yourself in a great spot to win the game because Jordan Jordan Travis is not a terrible quarterback, but he's never he's only looking back at it once has only ever had one game. Uh, where the running game wasn't amazing, they still ran for over 100 yards in that game. But it was up to him. He had uh, just under 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. It, that was the only time it was against Boston College last year that he's ever had to to use his arm to win a game. So I think if you're able to force them into that, you're in a good spot. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, you know, I, I do kind of want to switch things over to the offense in a second. Um, but I, I do think it's also going to be a really important week for, for the secondary. I think just in terms of how many guys they roll out there at cornerback, you know, we've heard really all off season how they're going to use those transfers and they're going to get everybody involved. Um, certainly sounds like Jarek Bernard Converse is going to get a, a hefty role. Um, Makai Garner, Colby Richardson, um, seven banks, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we'll have to see with seven, he, he, he's been in and out really for all of fall camp in terms of mm-hmm. practice and what he's able to do and not do. So, um, having some depth at corner, I think is really going to help you out. Um, but the, the key is going to be the run game. You're going to have to stop that run game, but, uh, I guess just shifting over to offense a little bit, I do think LSU, uh, again, has, has some favorable matchups here. I think LSU, uh, starting with their receiver core, I mean, it's unmatched. I mean, and it's unmatched in, in many other places around college football. I think they're probably one of the top units uh, in all of college football, uh, obviously starting with Keyshawn Boutte. And, you know, you, you throw in uh, Malik Neighbors, who's going to be back. you got Brian Thomas, Jack Besh, Chris Hilton, Jure Jenkins, who Coach Kelly talked about being probably one of the more consistent players uh, on this roster uh, in terms of just the production he's given in fall camp. Um, but I'm really going to be interested in the running backs. Uh, you know, we, we've heard 
Um, John Emery is is potentially not going to play in these first couple games, and I, I think this is going to be a huge opportunity for Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin. I mean, we've seen Kane a number of times this fall, and he really looks like he's progressing with every practice. He's got that Jones fracture out of the way. He seems to be really you know back and and, and fully uh, ready to, to 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 be a huge part of this team moving forward. Um, and I think he's going to give you a lot, you know, in terms of uh, just production, uh, you know, he's obviously got the most uh, experience of this group, but um, offensively, where do you think, I guess, kind of the, uh, the advantages lie for LSU uh, quarterback aside, because we don't really know exactly who's <laughs> going to be starting, but uh, wh- where are the advantages for LSU? Uh, so the strength of this Florida state, maybe team as a whole is their defensive line. Uh, they brought in uh, Jared Verse, who is a uh, transfer from uh, Albany. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's gonna, it's going to be a step up for talent, talent-wise. In, in terms of LSU, will be the best team he's probably ever gone against, um, and you'll probably see him against Will Campbell a lot. Uh, he is their their pass rusher. He is their their. They are missing, I think it was like twelve sacks from Jermaine Johnson last year. They're missing a lot of production. But they brought in and they supplemented that with transfers. And obviously, uh, Robert Cooper is a very good defensive tackle. So it's going to be interesting. They're going to be aggressive. Um, so I think LSU has kind of uh, worked uh, into their favor. They've focused a lot of that short and intermediate game uh, during practice. So I think uh, whatever quarterback they do has to ha- has to do a good job of getting the ball out fast, quickly, uh, and efficiently, um, and then allowing the receivers to do stuff after the catch, um, because their biggest mismatch, mismatch is their corners have not been great. They do have Jamie Robinson, who is a former SEC safety. He played at South Carolina. He is a very good safety. He was their team's leading tackler last year. He should be pretty good still. Again, uh, he's that, he's going to be pr- pretty much their leader uh, on on that defense. Uh, but outside of him in that secondary, it's a lot of question marks. We don't really know how they're going to perform. They didn't look stellar against Duquesne's receivers and quarterback at times. So if there is an opportunity for LSU to take this game over on offense, it'll be taking using the mismatch. There, There's nobody on Florida State's team that should be able to cover both Kayshawn, Booty, and Malik neighbors in, in a play. They should not be, they're, sh- they're going to have open, open receivers. It's just getting the ball to them quickly. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I think that's probably the, the best strategy to win. I think, you know, and, and really you know, outside of neighbors, I mean, I'm going to be looking heavy at Brian Thomas. I think Brian Thomas has had a really nice underrated camp. Not, not many people are, are talking about him, but he's going to be a huge fixture. Uh, Coach Kelly made sure to point him out you know, as, a, as a guy that they're going to really rely on. Um, he pointed out Kyron Lacey and Jure Jenkins as well. I mean, we went down the line there a little bit with the receivers. But, yeah, it's going to be important, I think, for this offensive line that, that really has, um, you know, no – built-in game continuity yet. I think that's going to be a huge first test for this group. Um, you, know, you mentioned Will Campbell. Obviously, people are really high on him and think he's got a, a very bright future. I'll be very interested to see how he does on the left side. Um, it, we've heard Anthony Bradford's name for several years now. I think people are ready to see him kind of fulfill those expectations and and really take over on the right side. Um 
but uh, I, I do think you could still see some shifting. I mean, Coach Kelly has said it, you know, really religiously over the last week. There's a group of seven or eight guys that they feel comfortable throwing out there, um, and, and based on who's out there, it's going to, you know, it's going to toy with the, the rotation a little bit in terms of the lineup and what it looks like. Uh, you, you could see certainly some situations where, you know, Bradford's at right tackle, where uh, Frazier's at right guard. Um, you know, where, where you kind of slide slide uh, Charles Turner in on the inside somewhere and where does Garrett Dellinger go or, or, or something like that. You know, it's, it's, there's going to be some some different mismatches that I think you're going to be able to, you know, kind of you know take, you know, throughout the game. But um, I'm going to be very interested to see this offensive line uh, and how they kind of handle that front seven of Florida State. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get into more of that later in the week as we learn kind of who's in, who's out kind of deal of, of uh, you know, in Florida State's regards. But uh, I think probably that the biggest thing, you know, moving forward is into Sunday, stay healthy. You know, I mean, you've gotten this far. Um, you've gotten this, you know, you've gotten four weeks into camp. You've had some really competitive practices. We've been out there for some of them. Tackling's been great. Um it's going to be very important, I think, for this group to just be healthy. I mean, just stay healthy because I think there is some concern uh, about depth in this on this roster, and so um, you, you've got to you've got to certainly make sure that you're you're well prepared physically uh, to handle uh, you know what, what what Florida State's bringing. So, um, was there anything else I guess with Florida State that really stood out, or uh, was was that pretty much the, the big takeaways you had? Those are the most takeaways. Obviously, they didn't get into their more creative play calling on offense or defense against Duquesne. But I do think that uh, Brian Kelly did mention it as there is film uh, on them now. I think it is, an, it is definitely an advantage in LSU's part that they do get to go back and watch and see at least the base. I mean, they're gonna have, it's going to be the same base offense, base defense um, that you saw against Duquesne. And you are going to be able to ga- uh, gain some things from watching their, their footage um so it's not all just a wash it's not just a scrimmage lsu doesn't get the it doesn't get the benefit of playing uh, in game action before uh florida state did but there is a lot of footage and there are still a lot of unknowns about this lsu team so i i'm just ready to get to football (laughs) yep no i think so too and and look we're gonna uh, kind of just give you the, the schedule i guess real quick you know we'll have player interviews tomorrow night or Tuesday night. Uh, we'll get to talk to some players and get kind of their thoughts of how they're feeling before their first game. Uh, we'll get a chance to talk with Coach Kelly again on Thursday. Um, but then we're, we're pretty much, you know, gearing up and, and writing preview stories, prediction pieces, uh, players to watch, you know, all, all features. Um, we'll, we'll keep you guys certainly, uh, up, you know, up to date on anything that breaks and, um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a really fun season. I, I'm, I'm really excited to get started here, uh, in, in, with, with, with the new group, with the new crew, with, uh, obviously with Dylan, who's going to be there on Sunday as well with me, we're going to be up there, uh, taking in all the sites of the Superdome and, uh, it'll be my first time. Well, actually my second time back in the Superdome since that 2019 national championship. Uh, I was going to say, I need to remember to, to bring some binoculars because the Superdome puts the media way up there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, and I remember being in the the championship game and they had so many press requests that they stuck me at the very top of the actual seats and they built tables. I remember. Oh, wow. And, and at the very top of the, of the nosebleed section. So that's where I was sitting. 
had my jacket stolen at the very end. I went down for press after the game, came back, and someone had left with my jacket, which is essentially you know, a blanket for other people, I would imagine. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully somebody got some good use out of it, some good fabric out of it. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be very excited. We'll keep everybody, um, you know, posted on everything. But uh, I think we'll be back later this week with another podcast. Yeah, we'll be back on, on Thursday or Friday with another one. Um, you know, the, the, the wonky schedule this week, I think, has kind of thrown <laughs> us off a little bit. But uh, we'll certainly be back soon. Uh, make sure, again, to, to – hit the little like button on the, on the YouTube video and tune in wherever you guys can, but we really appreciate all the support. So uh, with that, I'm Glenn West. He's Dylan Sanders and we'll see you guys next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA champions league 24 seven. The UEFA champions league channel is a new 24 hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.